Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Thanks for listening to the Best Of Heard Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday. From 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching herd. This is the best of the herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Friday, and there is a lot to talk about. Live in Los Angeles, it's the herd wherever you may be, and however, and wherever you may be listening. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, FS1. One hour from now, our Blazing Five. Weird week, a lot of big favorites. Popular teams, Bill's a big favorite. Cowboy's a favorite on the road. J-Mac is joining us. So, here's things we do know. The NFC is weaker than the AFC, and it does look like physically through our television set, Philadelphia and the Niners are easily the two best rosters in the NFC. Can we agree on that? Collision course in the NFC no championship. Question. Colin, I hope the uh, audience yesterday, we talked, we love the Niners. All the perceived sharps were all over Seattle. You got to bet Seattle at home. Not us. Yeah, well, uh, not think? at all. <laughs> so we know the Niners are good. All right. So so the whole Brock Purdy experiment. And you look at his numbers last night, and you, you know, I watched the game and you watched the game. And, you know, he was 17 of 26, 217 yards, couple of TDs, no interceptions. Um, but it's interesting now. Let's let's be critical thinkers now. How long will Brock Purdy's run last? We know they're really good. We know they in Philadelphia look like the two teams in the NFC. Dallas is, is back. Now, they say once a defensive coordinator gets four games of film on you, they see the holes. They see the weaknesses. So that's coming up. Here's what I see. And this is sort of what they are. Their three best offensive players are Kittle, Debo, and McCaffrey. And they all get banged up. Debo is currently banged up. So here's the hole I see for the Niners. Now because they have Brock Purdy, who's gonna they're gonna dive in on two or three things he trusts. They're becoming very Christian McCaffrey reliant. He had 26 carries last night. Uh, at this point in his career, he shouldn't be carrying the ball 26 times. And George Kittle was the number one wide receiver. 
So now because Debo's out, they're going heavy on McCaffrey and heavy on Kittle, who I love and you love and the world loves. But these guys can't be heavy usage guys in the regular season. And because Debo is out and Purdy is a young kid. So Geno last night had five different guys with four more catches. 13 of the 17 completions for Brock Purdy went to three guys, one of them McCaffrey. So they're becoming incredibly reliant on Christian and Kittle because of Debo's injuries. Also, the commanders are coming up, a very physical football team. They're going to know, take Kittle out. You know, Ron Rivera and that defense, really smart cats. People are going to start taking things away from Brock Purdy. So it is interesting. What we love about them is their physicality. But now with Debo out, they're going heavy McCaffrey and heavy Kittle. It's not a criticism. It's their reality. And Brock Purdy is a young quarterback, right? Geno's been in this league long enough. He sees the overall field probably a little better. He mixes it up. He becomes a little less reliant on one or two players. Um, But that said, it's a small criticism, it feels like, because this looks like the Ray Lewis Ravens defense. I mean, they're playing 1980s football. Seattle looked like they were getting pushed around for mostly three and a half hours. Seattle's offensive line is pretty good. Could not block Bosa. Could not block the Niners. Bowling ball coming down an alley. Get out of the way. Uh, It feels a little bit like that Tony Dungy Tampa team. It feels like the Ravens. Um, But the difference is, with this Niner team is whereas the Chicago Bears of 1985 offense was pretty simplistic and the Dilfer Super Bowl Ray Lewis champion offense didn't have dynamic players, they're going to get Debo back. Between Debo and Jennings and Kittle and McCaffrey, it's the perfect balance of this tough, intimidating, physical, unblockable defense and this super smart and clever and finesse offense. I mean, that double fake screen to George Kittle, I guarantee you their coaches all over college and pro football stealing that thing. Got their notepad out watching that game. So it's a really interesting combination. Usually the physical teams, the Ravens with Ray Lewis, the Bears in 85, kind of a simplistic offense. They play not to lose. These guys got a lot of skill. I do worry that they're becoming very McCaffrey-Kittle-reliant with a young quarterback and Debo out. Kittle talked about it after the game. Whenever Christian McCaffrey touches a football, like I think it's going to be a touchdown. Uh, you know, he, he ran his tail off tonight. He was violent. He was physical. He got downhill, made guys miss. Um, and then for him to get a touchdown, too, it's awesome. But definitely, you know, we're in a groove. When Jimmy got hurt, we said hey, our best players need to step up and make bigger plays. If Debo gets hurt, hey, our best players need to step up even more and make bigger plays. And that's what, we, that's what we're doing, and that's what we're going to continue to try to do. So cross your fingers on the health of McCaffrey and George Kittle, two players I absolutely love. I love Debo Samuel. But this style of football, they literally punish you on offense like most defenses do. They're as physical on the offensive side as the defensive side. The games for the Niners just look different. Outside of that second half against Kansas City, teams feel like they're waving the flag by the end of the game. Let's just get into the hot tub. Let's get into the ice tub. Let's, let's get into some tub. We're worn out. So I saw this story. I live in Los Angeles. I, I like when my local teams win. Because even though I try to be objective, everybody's happier. It's fun to go to a sports bar and it's all Dodger fans or USC fans. It's fun. According to uh, Jovan 
boo-ha of the athletic. The Lakers have been considering different trade options. One of the most attractive is moving Westbrook in that $47 million salary. We've talked about this ad nauseum. But according to Sam Amick, a guy who I have on the show and trust, too, um, it is unlikely now the Lakers are pulling back on trading Westbrook because his recent level of play. Do the Lakers not have an analytics department? He's shooting, by the way, his elevated level of play, he's shooting 41% from the floor. That's not good for a guard. And 31% from three. That's terrible for a guard. <sighs> because he's not toxic, they don't want to make the move. Listen, man, your game is your game. It's why I predicted Westbrook and Cam Newton would age quickly and age poorly. Hyper-athleticism in an era of analytics and efficiency and accuracy changes everything. In the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you're a quarterback with a big arm. Woo! Got to complete 62, 63% minimum. The game has changed. In the NBA, I grew up in an, I love the NBA. I'm like Rain Man on 70s NBA. Uh, I collected basketball cards, not baseball cards. I had some baseball cards, but I, I, I collected basketball NBA cards. And I had so many guys like World Be Free and all these crazy wild players. I loved them. Analytically, they were awful. But in that era, they were great. But analytics are the enemy of Westbrook. Just go to your analytics department, Lakers. The Lakers have been outscored by 71 points when Westbrook is on the floor. They've outscored their opponents by 28 when he's on the bench. <laughs> so, like, analytics are the home inspector of real estate. You ever walk into a house, ooh, honey, look at the furnishings. Man, that kitchen, <laughs> they put some money into that. I love the backyard. Honey, come upstairs. You got to see the kids' room. And then the home inspector comes, and he takes a flashlight, and he goes underneath the house, and he goes up on the roof, and he goes in and looks at the electrical and the plumbing. That's what analytics are to basketball. And he comes back, and he said, oh, yeah, you, got, you need a new air conditioning unit. We needed one of those. Uh, you got some rot. You got... If you took a home inspector to Russell Westbrook's game, you'd find a lot of leaks and faulty wiring, and you'd have foundational problems. If the Lakers are pulling back on moving him because his recent play, they're still awful when he's on the floor and better when he's not. That's why the Warriors, I see this all the time in sports. It's why the Dodgers keep winning their division. It's why the Warriors keep winning titles. Some of these teams in these sports just are not paying attention. I had a conversation about 10 days ago with a recently retired NBA scout who I leaned on for years, really smart guy. And I asked him about the Lakers, and he said, there's just too many family members running the show. He's like, it's an eye roll with some of their moves. Like, some of their guys just can't play at all, and everybody in the league knows it except the Lakers. But, I mean, folks... Just go to analytics. They're the home inspector of real estate. They're the truth serum. 
all jumping and leaping and hustle. And what do the numbers say? Are you good when you're on the floor? Are you good when you're off the floor? When's the team better? Westbrook's a nice guy. Can't shoot, doesn't defend, and just isn't necessarily great with LeBron James. Remember Alex Caruso for the Lakers? Still can't figure out why they let him go. I mean, most people. I mean, I I know what they were trying to do, but in the end, Alex Caruso always felt like when he was on the floor with LeBron, LeBron liked him. Now there's a report they want to bring Kyle Kuzma back. Why'd you let him go? I mean, this this story is like, you want to you want to know how far the Lakers are behind the Warriors? Just forget the, just forget the players, but just analytics, brain power. I mean, this is uh, I just don't get it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. So we talked about this yesterday. The NFL is a television show. The league, just like the NBA and baseball, but especially the NBA and the NFL, make far more money off the television dollars than they do butts in seats. Didn't used to be that way in the 60s and 70s. It is today. The home viewer is worth more than the in-stadium viewer because TV networks can take that home viewer, and when you accumulate all those home viewers, higher incomes, sell them to advertisers if the economy is good. I mean, the NFL is making billions at five different networks or four different networks. Now they're making it with Amazon. Only 13 quarterbacks have started every game, a third of the league. The quality of football, we also know, deteriorates 
rapidly when you go to backups. Kyler Murray to Colt McCoy. I think we've all seen enough of Drew Locke for one lifetime. It's a TV show. I know the Nick Bosa roughing the passer penalty drives you crazy, but think about insurance. All of you have paid insurance. I've been paying insurance. I'm in my mid-50s, late-50s now. I've been paying it for 40 years. I've used it twice, but it protects me. That's why I pay for it, and I almost never use it. But I get why we have it. It's the same reason sometimes I overparent. My kids want to do this. My kids want to do that. Dad, you're so strict. It's to protect you. When you're 25 years old, 23 years old, out of the house, you do what you want. But I'm not letting you jumping out of a helicopter yet. This is all about protecting the quality of football. They're going to overparent. Yeah, this is what you do. We know in this league, Mahomes and Josh Allen play. You literally think about it on Tuesday for a Sunday game. Oh, my God, I can't wait. If Josh Johnson would have played against Geno Smith last night, I do this for a living, and it would have been work to get me to a TV. Even Brock Purdy, a backup, made it watchable. So the league is doing this for a reason, and Nick Bosa talked about it after. I landed on him. It was... I just kind of, I don't know, I thought he still had the ball. So I, I was kind of thinking, <clears throat> thinking about while I was going to the ground whether he had the ball or not, and I forgot to roll off. Um, I'm usually better at doing that. So um, it was a good call, I guess. <laughs> For the record, I like Micah Parsons. That is your MVP. That guy is unblockable. And his brother's pretty good, too, and the dad was pretty good. But Nick Bosa and that defense, listen, quarterbacks are getting smaller. Quarterbacks are running more. This is a television show. You got to protect them. You got to overparent. I get it. And it drives me nuts, too. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. A lot of people, I was reading an article this morning, and you know I like Derek Carr. I think he's a top 12 quarterback in the league. Some don't, I do. He may be closer to 12 than 1, but I like him. He's an adult. He's durable. Um, he's accurate. So people are saying Derek Carr's future with the Raiders could hinge on the final four games. So I've always believed, you know, the media critics like who they like, and everybody's got an agenda. If you want to know how talented you are or talented anybody is, who wants to hire you on an open market? If Ryan Day of Ohio State was on the open market, he would not get an NFL head coaching offer. He would get some college offers, but he's now getting pushed around by Michigan. If Jim Harbaugh was on the open market, he'd get offered seven NFL jobs and virtually any college job that was open. If Saban retired tomorrow, Harbaugh called Alabama, he'd get the job. Ryan Day would not. So you want to go back and forth on who's the better coach. How good you are is not defined by what fans say or the critics say. It's defined by you're on the open market. Who's interested? Okay, Derek Carr is going to have a market. For all of the critics of Derek Carr, the Giants are going to kick those tires on that car. The Colts are going to kick the tires. Washington's going to. Saints are going to. Jets are going to. Tampa will if Brady retires. Carolina will. That's seven teams. Brady had two offers when he left New England. Chargers bucks. And the other thing that helps Derek Carr is Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. He has no market. Carson Wentz no longer has a market. 
Baker Mayfield is viewed as a bridge quarterback. So are the Raiders going to move off Derek Carr? My hunch would be no. It's a total guess. I have no insight. But if you do look at their final four games of the season, it's very interesting. They play New England this week. That'll, that's a go-either-way game. Then they go to the Steelers. At home, I'd love it, but Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, never know. Then it's Niners and Chiefs. So right now, they have the eighth pick in the NFL draft. But after that schedule, let's say they lose the New England Steelers and they sit Derek Carr. So let's look at the teams above them. This is where they are right now, and I think they're going to lose at least two of their final four games. Texans take a quarterback. Seahawks take a quarterback. Bears won't. I do not think the Lions should take a quarterback. They have major issues through the interior of that defense, and I think the defensive tackle for Georgia is going to fall to the Lions' lap, and they should draft him. Eagles won't take a quarterback. I don't think Arizona will. The Colts will. So, Panthers will, Falcons will. So those teams may have to move up, but the Raiders may not have to move up to get it because Niners is a loss, Chiefs would be a loss, at Pittsburgh's go either way. Now, I, I tend to think they'll beat New England this weekend, but if they don't, you could find the Raiders at that, that, that number five spot, and then, then the decision on Derek Carr gets very, very interesting because there's no big dead cap hit if he leaves, and you could trade him. He's got an absolutely robust market and get at least get a first and a second. I think Derek, I would give up a first and a second for Derek Carr in a heartbeat. This whole league's quarterbacks now. So the Raiders are in an interesting position where they've got really key pieces. They have their left tackle for the future, star running back, star receiver, tight end slot receiver, pass rusher. They've got some real pieces here, some really nice pieces. So it's an interesting time for the Raiders. I would stay with Derek Carr and fix the defense. But if they lose three of the next four, you know, and knowing the Raiders, they'll be close losses because it feels like every game they're in is close. Suddenly they at the fifth pick, and I don't. I think the Lions would be out of their mind to draft a quarterback. That if you're watching the Lions and you think quarterbacks their issue, you're not watching the games. So, Colin, if you look at Josh McDaniels' history, he has coached two quarterbacks who are going to be on the market: Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. Both will be eligible. Do you think Josh McDaniels wants a quarterback at five or one of those two veterans to go to a team that, by the way, made the playoffs last year? And I'll just quickly add, Patrick Mahomes sat out for a year before becoming awesome. Josh Allen was nothing special for like two years. You think he's going to draft a quarterback or take someone in free agency? Well, the free agent market. Wentz is no longer viable. Garoppolo's injury. Josh McDaniels is not tying his career. This is his second chance. He didn't work in Denver. So Josh McDaniel's career now. If you and I had had a job, a great job in our careers, and we get fired the first time, you get one more shot. Josh has to make this work. Derek Carr can win you a lot of games. So if I'm not going Derek Carr... Um, Tom Brady. <coughs> Sorry. Well, a lot of people think that's the case. So here's the thing. So you trade Derek Carr... And you get another first and a second. So you have two first, two seconds. You already got your skill people. You don't have to worry about that. Well, Josh he, Jacobs, they did, they did not pick up his fifth year, so he will be a free agent. They're going to have to pay a lot for him if they want to keep him. Boy, we I know would, running backs are interchangeable. I know, but boy, but, I like him a lot. Now, now, if you have a second pick, you can take B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. There you go. 
Okay, so that's a possibility. He's, he's a potential first rounder. Absolutely. He's very talented. No, kid. he's super talented. So there's there's options the, here. The offensive line's been a little bit of musical chairs there. Remember, they whiffed on Leatherwood, and a couple other guys uh, have really struggled. It's all I know is this is an interesting spot for the Raiders. Yeah, Brady's not going there if he doesn't so, have a left like, tackle. I think the Colts are a well-run organization, but they're not good where they have to be good. The Raiders actually in the key spots. Max Crosby's a dog. Devontae Adams is my favorite receiver in the league. I like Derek Carr. Um, um, I think Colton Miller's a very nice left tackle. I don't know what PFF says, but they, they may trade Waller. There's a lot of speculation. Okay. Waller's Hunter on his way Renfro's out. There's another top, draft pick. Hunter Renfro's a top three slot in the league. By the way, he's expected to play this week. I don't know if you noticed that. Coming oh, off, I know. Eligible off IR. Yeah. Maybe him and Waller could play, and I think we've seen some line movement. Only like two points, but still, I was a little surprised. Hunter Renfro's good. Like Third really, and Renfro, one no. of the best nicknames in the league. No, he's really good. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up. And so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals. And DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. 
Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. That's a hot one. Let's blaze it up. Fire it up. It's Collins Blazing Fire. Colts and Vikings. Okay, the number was better earlier in the week when it was closer to four and four and a half, but I'm going to take the Colts plus three and a half at the Vikings. They're coming off a bye. They were humiliated in their last game. Love teams that have been embarrassed. They had a lot of time to think about that. The Vikings defense is a mess. Colts are in a lot of close games. Season pride on the line. Right now, the Vikings defense is the worst in the league. It's the worst pass defense in the league. It's the worst total defense in franchise history. It's just too many points. They play in too many close games. I liked it better at four and a half. I'll still bet it at three and a half. Colts upset the Vikings. It's a go-either-way game, 24-23. Eagles at Bears. I'm going to take the Bears plus nine. Again, coming off a bye, all four home losses this year have been under nine points. Justin Fields, since week six, I'm getting 60 yards rushing and a touchdown every game. In fact, since week six, been pretty decent. We've seen growth. I do think this is a very good coaching staff. And that always helps off a bye. The Eagles' second game on a three-game roadie. Cowboys coming up off a dominating win. It is a classic, natural, letdown spot. The Eagles win, but I'm taking the nine points. 30-24 Philadelphia. Patriots and Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders minus one and a half. Hunter Renfro comes back. This is a big game for Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. He's quarterbacking and he's coaching for, you know, their careers. The Raiders are coming off extra rest. They've outgained each of their last four opponents. And do you know only the Eagles have turned it over fewer times? They don't beat themselves. They just have certain limitations. Josh Jacobs leads the NFL in rushing yards. Devontae Adams is a beast. Hunter Renfro returns. And the Patriots, who have lost two of three, are 0-6 when they allow 20 or more points. Josh McDaniels, I think, knowing this defense, can have some success. Patriots offense, it's week seven's pathetic. They have one touchdown drive of 10-plus plays this year, fewest in the league. They're also all beat up. Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Arizona had a backup. I think the Raiders, Derek Carr quarterbacking for his Raider career, beat the Patriots 28-23. Titans at Chargers. I'm going to take the Titans and the points. They're actually a very good road team, 4-3 and three on the year. Ryan Tannehill's last eight games, a lot better than Tua against this defense that Bosa's gone, Derwin James out. Ryan Tannehill's last eight games, he has a passer rating over 100. The Chargers don't beat anybody big as a favorite. They're a terrible favorite team, better as a dog. Their defense this year, not good. And Herbert's been sacked 18 times in the last month, more than any quarterback in the league since week 11. And they're just too overly reliant on Herbert. 45-plus passing attempts in three straight games. Don't be fooled by this defense owning Tua. Ryan Tannehill's playing good football. Titans, desperate, still lead their division. It's not a terrible team. They're in a bad skid. They're getting healthier. 24-23 Tennessee. Rams and Packers. Uh, This number was six and a half. I liked it more, but I've already made my bet. I'm going to take Green Bay here. Extra rest. 
Week 14 by. Aaron's been great at home this year, folks. 12 touchdowns and a pick and 104 passer rating. Where they've struggled is on the road. Where they've struggled are against physical teams. The Rams are neither. They've also had 100-plus rushing yards in five of six games, meaning finally Matt LaFleur figured it out. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, that's your offense. Romeo Dobbs, by the way, coming back. Christian Watson has emerged, and the Rams are bad. They were getting beat. Baker Mayfield had a great last drive and deserves credit. But this year he was completing 58% of his throws. The Rams are 1-4 on the season. They don't have many of their best players. Packers win on Monday night at Lambeau, 30-20. to 20. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, 7 days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Funny story this week. Uh, Tom, I know people like don't trust the media. The media is like any other business. They make mistakes. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady's upset. There was a report. We thought it was a bigger deal than people discussed is that that Brady was basically on Saturday night taking players in and saying, forget the coaches. We're going to tweak the game plan. Brady was asked about it and was didn't love the question or the situation. He wrote that, that being the coaches were trying to follow along almost, that like in real time, they learned what changes you made the night before when they get to the stadium. Is that true? No. I have no idea. So, I mean, anybody could write anything and say whatever they want. So, no. I mean, yeah. yeah. I want to make sure that that did sound right. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to respond to every... Next question. So obviously it got leaked from somebody else. Is it a teammate who's over him, who's tired of Brady barking? Is it uh, a coach who is tired of getting the blame? Is it Bruce Arians who got forced upstairs? Although you kind of think Arians, if he thought that, would just say it publicly. But Brady in Tampa feels absolutely done. I never thought it was a great match. Tom did better than I thought. Uh, I thought they'd be a a wild card team, if I recall, was my prediction the first year when they won the Super Bowl. I thought pandemic, COVID, there's no way. They're not going to get the practices in. They got a bye late in the year, 7-5, and turned it around, went in a run, never lost again. So um, here's the thing about Brady, though. Um, He is 46, and he didn't have much of a market last time he came out. Remember, in New England, when he left New England, I went and looked it up this morning, He had a passer rating of 88. Today, with solid weapons and worse competition, a worse division, he has a passer rating of 88. (laughs) So a lot of people, J-Mac believes the Raiders would be interested. Um, And I, you know, here's here's the advantage, is that I think with Josh McDaniels, whether they keep Derek Carr or get Tom Brady, they're not going to be picking top five ever again. Because I think Josh McDaniels and Carr next year and Josh McDaniels and Brady next year, they would win a bunch of games. With either one of them, they'd win a bunch of games. So I think the Raiders are in the same situation as the Seahawks. Right now they have the eighth pick. My guess is they're going to lose at least two of the next four. They'll DB down to six or seven. I think you have to – those are like Seattle's not going to have a pick this good again. You might as well roll it on a C.J. Stroud or a Will Levis or a Bryce Young. You might as well. And I think the Raiders are in a similar situation that you probably have to take a quarterback. Now the question becomes, if you take a quarterback, forget Brady, do you just – because Brady has no interest at this point at 46 in helping Will Levis or C.J. Stroud. 
He has no interest. Derek Carr probably doesn't have a ton of interest, but would be a little more helpful. I mean, you know, Brady wasn't going to help Garoppolo when he was closer to his prime. He's certainly not worried about helping a guy now. He wants to win games. So my takeaway with the Raiders is I get that they lose to the Chiefs, the Niners. Maybe they beat the Patriots Steelers. They draft about sixth or seventh. I get them taking a quarterback. Do they then trade Derek Carr, ask the quarterback to play early, and get a first and a second? Derek Carr's absolutely got a market. You're kidding yourself if you don't think Derek Carr is a market. Um, and I, I would give up, you know, if I was, if I was you know, just, just Houston, would I give up a first-round pick for Derek Carr and sign him to a four-year deal? Yeah, if I thought that was my guy. My scouts liked him, and it, it worked. I think they're going to go get Bryce Young. Um, because that'll sell some tickets. It feels big and a big swing. Derek's not as big a swing. But the Brady thing is we got to remember this. He didn't have a market last time, and he's the same quarterback. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's certainly not better than he was in New England, and he didn't have much of a market then. He won't take the most money, but the Raiders are one of the rare teams. They can take Brady, they can get a rookie, or they can do Carr. Very few teams have, and all three are fascinating. Brady's going to win games. Carr's going to win games, but has a lower ceiling. And the young kid you get won't be Bryce Young, but he may have a big ceiling. So how, how often does it happen that you have three fascinating options at quarterback and two of them you know are going to win some games? Can I ask why you're selling the idea of Garoppolo so short? Okay, he's going to have a market. He's Jimmy G, wins with Shanahan. He's a pro. You don't have to worry about this guy off the field messing around. He, all he's got is like a foot injury, Colin. He's going to be back at the end of the playoffs. Well, what, you think he's staying in San Fran? I have this um, this theory with men. Men are more <laughs> selfish than women, especially men who are who are professionally driven. We yeah, tend to be, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, we're all a little bit selfish because we, we make good money. And we're I've a been bit, told that once or twice, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody a little selfish. So I've been told that a few times too, right? And by my wife. And <laughs> the point being is sometimes you do things to protect your job legacy income. So Garoppolo's one of those, because he's had injuries, that if you roll the dice on Garoppolo and he gets hurt, it's very easy to marginalize the GM who got him and say, you're an idiot. He's been hurt his whole career. If you whiff on Will Levis, half these guys whiff anyway. If Tom Brady comes in and isn't very good, well, the owner liked him. He sold a bunch of tickets. If you stay with Derek Carr, Derek Carr's a top 12 quarterback. But Garoppolo, it's hard to hang as a young GM in Vegas. It is hard to hang your career on Garoppolo. I always said this about when LeBron and Carmelo came out, that Carmelo was going to be a great offensive player. But LeBron was seen as a, a once-in-a-decade player, Melo just as a great player. That you, It's easy to say now. You had to draft LeBron. You had no choice, no matter who drafted because if you missed on LeBron, it would ruin your career. You'd be the, you didn't draft. Now, Michael Jordan, as good as he was, the Blazers had Clyde Drexler, who was great. So they passed on Jordan. You don't remember the GM who passed. Didn't ruin his career. Correct. Because they had Drexler. It made sense. They went and got somebody. They went and got, I forget who it was. Um, you know, Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie, that's Bowie. Right, right, right. So there are these moves that, you, that I think men, professional men, you got to protect your career. And it sounds selfish, but if I'm a general manager, I can go Brady and not lose my job, Carr and not lose my job, draft a quarterback and not lose my job. 
I go Garoppolo and he breaks his shoulder in week two, my owner's like, my GM's an idiot. Wait, wait, wait a second. Am wait I selfish? Well, where's, well, first of all, we are males. We are selfish. Um, what happened to yesterday's glass half full Colin? All I keep hearing is, you pick up Garoppolo and he gets injured. Like, what if he's not injured? They went to the Super Bowl with him at San Fran. Last year, NFC title game with Garoppolo. This year, they're on track to go to the NFC title game with Garoppolo. I know he's out for a minute, but can we get half? Glass half full Colin back? Like, where's the positivity? You know what? Glass half full Colin was around, got kicked in the you-know-what, <laughs> and he's back to cynical glass half full oh, Colin. cynic. Colin the cynic. All right. Garoppolo's like the Atlanta Falcons. Occasionally, I'll win a bet, but mostly, I ask myself every time, why am I supporting the Falcons? That is so disrespectful. I'm Mr. Garoppolo, and he gets hurt again. Shame on Ooh. me. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. One of the best guys out there, Will Blackman, wine sommelier, husband, father, bon vivant. He just makes things happen. (laughs) 12 years in the league. So you were a fourth-round pick. By the Packers out of Boston College. Why do you say it's so aggressive? What's wrong with fourth-round picks? Nothing. But Brock Purdy is seventh round, and people are dumping on him. And I'm always like, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 35,000 yards in the seventh round. Tony Romo, Kurt Warner undrafted. Do you have a soft spot? I mean, you knew when you went to the Packers. Right. You instantly knew, I'm better than that dude. I'm better than that dude. I watched Brock Purdy, and George Kittle was a fifth-round pick. Juwan Jennings for them with a seventh round pick. Right. Eli, Eli, uh, Elijah Mitchell, running back, he was a sixth round pick. I think we get caught up sometimes. There's about 15 guys, Will, in the first round every year, like Boses, Chase Young. Right. Those dudes look different. After that, I think it's a lot of attitude, it's a lot of coachability. That's my take. Brock Purdy's coachable. Right. After the first round, this is where your front office gets, they have to work. This is where they earn their money. Right? Right. When you watch Brock Purdy, you see an NFL starter? I see one right now. I mean, I, I see here's – here's the thing. I, get, I give a lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan because I feel like he does an incredible job of preparing his team, preparing his team for, like, adverse situations. So this team all year has dealt with injuries left and right. They're on the third quarterback. That's what I'm saying, especially at that position. And they haven't moved. So the, the team knows, like, hey, if somebody goes down, then our playmakers, they really need to step up. And, and, and I feel like the leaders of that team, like, they, they understand that. So um, I give I, – yes, Purdy's playing – he's playing good football right now, but I give a lot of credit to Shanahan just for having him prepared. That's a big deal because that's a – especially the quarter position, it's, it's under it's undercoached and underdeveloped in, in this league. So you played for four different teams. Did you absolutely believe there were staffs that were just better at prep, that you, you always felt buttoned up game time? I did, yep. I did. Was Green Bay one of them? Green Bay, Green Bay was one of them, but uh, uh, Green Bay too. We had a lot of we had a lot of veterans on the, those teams uh, in the early two thousands. So adults, uh, adults, yeah. So a lot of preparation came from from them. Also, when I was in New York, same thing. We we had a lot of adults on that team. Like the leadership was so good. Where yes, the coaching like they put the, put out the game plan, but also the players took a lot of ownership. And then you start to feel like the accountability, like, man, I need to step up my preparation so I don't mess up what they got going on. Like, I don't like I need to make sure I'm in the right spot because I don't want to mess up what Charles Woodson is doing. You know, he's playing so well. Right. And then in retrospect, when I can earn the trust of everyone else, 
then this is going to elevate my play. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to like, hey, if everyone's doing their job, if everyone's playing well, if everyone's doing awesome, then we're going to have great success. And that's everyone. Even if you're a gunner running down on punt, like, yes, let me tackle that guy to get good, good field positions because it's going to help our team. So, you know, I got into this discussion yesterday about Aaron Rodgers. So he had a comment on YouTube where he said the reason he took uh, psychedelics is because he had a fear of death because of Y2K. He was a teenager, like 16, during Y2K, and we thought the world was going to come to an end. And he said, he was like, I'm never going to get some of my great things I want to get done accomplished. And he freaked out. He thought Y2K was going to end the world. I remember it. I didn't think that. He did. So that's fine. You know, some people freaked out about it. I wasn't one of those people, but he was. Pardon like it's 1999. Yeah. <laughs> so he said he, he likes the psychedelics because instead of just dying, which he has a fear of, it's sort of a passage to a new place. And I said, whether that's true or not, I said, most great quarterbacks, and you're an accountant too. So if I look at your brain type, you're a, you're a structural guy. To be a wine sommelier is intelligent, it's structural, it's memorization, it's compartmentalization. I wore my pins for you today, by the way. Okay. But you're a Boston <laughs> said, college. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me get to my point. Shut up, Will. All right, go ahead. So your brain type, I know what it is. It's more accountant. And most quarterbacks are accountant. The way you do wine sommelier, you're Boston college. You're a thinker. You got your podcast. You are a, you're an accountant. You could have been a quarterback. You think like a quarterback. Wide receivers are mostly, you know, they're, they're, they're artists. They're creators. Right. Like basketball guys in the NBA. A lot of guys are, Magic Johnson was a creator. Aaron, to me, is the rare artist playing quarterback. I mean, Brady's boring. Russell Wilson's boring. Andrew Luck's boring. Peyton Manning. And I think sometimes I, Aaron almost has a wide receiver or an artist's interpretation of life and mind, but we jam him into the quarterback position, and he drives me nuts sometimes. Greg Cosell <laughs> once said he's a jazz musician playing quarterback. He does I like that. I like that analogy better. Instead than, of than, artist account, he's a jazz music. You played with him. Yeah, yeah. Did you think he would did you note it because you played with Eli and Favre? Did you think with Aaron he's just a different cat? Did you spot it early? I did not spot it early. No, I, I didn't. I mean he because he was when he was young, he was one of the just one of the one of the one of the guys. One of the you dudes. Know? Yeah, one of the boys. And he's I posted a picture the other day of him when he used to photobomb our captain photos. Like, he used to hold a cup behind his ear and just hide <laughs> behind everybody because that was him. He was silly. He, he was goofy. And, um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't see that early at all. You like watching him? Do you like him? I, I, I think he's incredible. I, I love Aaron. That's my, that's my guy. So I always support him. But, yeah, you can see that in certain players where you're like, he's a little different. You know, he's a little – like Charles Woodson was kind of like that. Was he? Because he was – when he first came to Green Bay, he was he was to himself a lot. He he would make a game plan like within the game plan. He would study film at like odd odd hours of the night. Sometimes he never practiced, and you're like, well, how does this dude like still performing? <laughs> it was crazy, you know. Um, he had his own like workout schedule. He ne- he didn't work out with the team sometimes, but he was a great teammate and a great leader. Isn't that crazy? That's I never heard that. That's story. what I mean. He was he was a a different dude. Now it changed a little bit when Dom Capers came because yeah. he, he that whole defense was designed for him. You know, it's kind of what Rod Woodson was to the Steelers uh, in the nineties. Is that defense was for Charles Woodson at that time. So you can spot it in some guys a little early, but with him, no. Um, you've had McCarthy. You had McVeigh. You had you've had Tom Coughlin. You've really run the gamut, dude. Uh, I'm you, telling you, man. Listen, I want to tell people this. Okay. 
like I know like with, with guys who were journeymen and who didn't you weren't starters or who didn't have a lot of a lot of stats, you know, because right now on social media, if you say something, someone will post your stats like, oh, you weren't good. It's it's the journeyman with the best stories. We are we are the apostles. We tell the story of the Messiah because we see we saw what was going on. So the, all those experiences have been great. Yeah, like th that's those are three completely different kind of coaches. Mike McCarthy's interesting. He took all the crap when Green Bay went sideways, and now today he's got Dallas the last couple of years rolling. Um. What did you like about Mike McCarthy? A lot of people in Dallas don't trust him in big spots. I don't know if I do with the clock big spots. <laughs> what did you like about him, though? You had Coughlin. You had McVeigh. Are there things? Because I look at McVeigh, and I just think sharp and detailed and yeah, Coughlin. McVeigh was another one. Like, I would come back to the facility and watch film like 10 o'clock, just, you know. At night? Yeah, I would come back and watch between 9 and 10, and he's still there. He is like he's so obsessed. That's why when the reports of him like he might shut it down soon, I think that's why. I think he just wants to be home because he is like all football. He is all football. So that was that's his obsession. That's his thing. But McCarthy, what I did like about him is that I think when he his first year as a head coach in Green Bay, we had a lot of veterans. So I think him learning to understand. Like, like, understand Favre, understand Charles, Older understand players, Nick Barnett. Yeah, things. how to understand those things. Because there was a lot of, a lot of uh, headbutting in the beginning with him and, and those guys. It was. So I think eventually he learned just how to understand his players in terms of, like, he didn't come in, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't impose his ego on us. It wasn't like, this is my way or the highway. It wasn't like that. Because first of all, I'll tell you that, that's the, that's the first way to lose a locker room when you, when you come in your, with your ego. I can play for any kind of coach, and you mentioned the whole list of coaches that I played for. But at the end of the day, if your interest, your best interest is in for us to do well and succeed, then you're going to be okay. You know, Mike McCarthy is a winning coach for a reason, you know, because he understands that part. Sure, we can question certain situational things, but that's the hardest part of football is situations. Right. Because everyone is fast. Everyone is strong. Everyone is talented. Everyone is a mutant. That's why you are in the NFL. But the ones that win the most understands the situations. That's why I call Bill Belichick the situational master because he, he wins like, okay, before the half, after the half, two minutes, four minutes. He gets those things. Yeah. You know? Okay, both New York teams, you played for the Giants. Daniel Jones, biggest game of his career against Washington. He plays poorly this weekend. Let's say you run the Giants. Do you make the decision in the moment we're getting we're drafting a quarterback? He stinks this weekend. I think biggest game of his career. It's a big one. It it is a big one, but I just I just don't think I would have been convinced just all season. I think he had to play pretty like really exceptional for me to believe that. Okay, you know. When you, you when you when you're when you're a general manager, and this is how it's been. When you're when you're GM, you take over a team. These aren't your players, so you, everyone is auditioning. Everyone. You may look at okay, like Saquon. You're like, all right, this dude's different, you know. But even I even I thought he was moved. I, he was movable. I was like, San Fran is a good spot for him. They obviously went and got McCaffrey, but I thought San Fran will be a good situation. So everyone is auditioning. You're not you're not tied to this person, you know, and and. You know, there's going to be some quarterbacks on the market. There's going to be some guys in the draft. So I think unless you're in a situation where you really can't get anyone else, you're not in a bad spot, but you surely have to reevaluate everything. All right. Jets, biggest Jets game in several years. 
Zach Wilson starting against the Lions team <laughs> at home that's beatable. He stinks. He unravels. Same question. Do you make a decision? We got a good draft pick. We're getting a quarterback. Yeah, no, Zach, I give him another year. I give Zach another okay. year. Yeah, I do give him another year. Just because you did go up and get him super early, he did have his struggles. You do have a really good defense. Yes. You do have a really so good defense. So you can be viable with him next year. Yeah, and you have a really, and it's a really young team. So you're going to have a lot of these pieces here. You know, and you get your running back back next year too. You know, oh, Brees like a, Hall, yeah, a, Brees Hall was was outstanding this year. So, a lot, there's a lot of things that that can happen in terms of you know even adding more depth to the offensive line and and for Zach Wilson, I think this is this is finally a chance for him to go through some adversity. Like this was needed for him, for him to get sat down, like put in timeout. This was needed. Every every QB has to deal with some kind of adversity. Like like everyone. You know, yeah, and and I think this is his. Okay, I'm gonna go have a fish soup. I knew you were coming with some stuff, okay. man. Hey, you don't get wine sommeliers on your show much. You ain't out there hanging out, wasting your time. Why you want fish things. soup? Because I love fish soup. Do you really? That's gross. What do you mean gross? Like like look like to hang out. I grew up on. Will the you dock. have fish soup on your own though? I would never make. I go to a restaurant and order stuff I can't make. I grew up on the coast of Washington State. I don't think. Okay, I don't think fish soup is gross. But okay, we talked earlier. You were like, "Hey, if if you live closer, like we would hang out more." I don't want you ordering fish soup if we're hanging out. That's kind of like you're trying to control what I just order. Like rude, Maybe we wouldn't hang out. You just I would like, get tired. You just of you. like rude this. Yeah, it was kind of like why okay. would you bring fish soup to the restaurant? Like I'll probably have on like good cologne, and the restaurant's probably cool, and like. So a good dish comes by and it's like, oh, here's your fish soup, sir. Like, <laughs> okay, if I get New York strip, medium rare horseradish asparagus, what wine should I have? Let's get the horseradish off okay. the strip. Okay. Boy, you are really controlling. Huh? So, <laughs> I thought Ann told me Would what you? to order. <laughs> Ann's like, you're not ordering that. You're not ordering that. Okay. I New York strip, medium rare asparagus. What's the wine? No horseradish. No horseradish. How about just asparagus? Asparagus. I can't say because I'm trying not to laugh. Asparagus. Um, strip, medium rare. You said New yes. York strip. Um, you know what? I'm trying to give a plug to somebody's wines here. No, That's just why or, I'm thinking, no, don't do that. Just why not? I'm not a I'm not a blimp with a big Goodyear on the side. Yes, you are. All the ads you read all day long that I. <laughs> Uh, we'll go. We'll go with a, a Bordeaux blend. How about that? A Bordeaux blend. A, a Bordeaux blend. That sounds. That's it from the French Bordeaux region. Well, a Bordeaux blend can be from Bordeaux, but a Bordeaux blend is like you got Cab, you got uh, Merlot, Cab Franc, Petit Verdot. Like you know, you you blend them all in. You're Bordeaux with me right now, aren't you? <laughs> no, never. That's why I'm here. Will Blackman. <laughs> Let's hear it for Will Blackman. What what I, an I get an today. applause. <laughs> you get an applause. Will Blackman. <laughs> Our studio audience loves you. He's awesome. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. 
Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.